Welcome to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine nutrition research digested for you. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health can help you protect your gilts to improve your sow herd. Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. Animin, international supplier of bioavailable precision minerals to impact pigs' gut health. When it comes to raising healthy animals, you need more than the right solutions. You need the right partner who brings decades of industry expertise and a global team to put that knowledge to work for the advancement of your operation. At Fibro Animal Health Corporation, we are proud to work with you as your trusted partner. I'm your host, Clayton Chastain, and today we have with us Dr. Lee Johnston, a swine nutrition professor at the University of Minnesota. So, Lee, before we get started, would you mind giving the audience a short introduction about yourself? Sure. Um, been here at the University of Minnesota since 1988 when I finished grad school at Michigan State. And since then, I've been here at a, a regional research and outreach center in western Minnesota. So I get to live in the rural area and be part of a major university. And uh, my appointment is now is uh, 75% research in swine nutrition and management and the other 25% in Minnesota Extension. So work with uh, producers and feed entry folks in, in an extension setting. Gotcha. So I see you and your lab have been doing some work on zinc supplementation during gestation. So what kind of effects have you guys seen with that? Well, we have uh, two studies that we've completed, um, and I think they've both been reported in your Black, Black Belt podcast. That's hard to say. Um, in, in which we, uh, our first study, we fed various levels of zinc uh, supplied as zinc sulfate over and above what was um, normally in the diet. And so our highest in the first study, our highest level was 595 ppm of zinc and fed from uh, day 80 of gestation through farrowing. And we saw some improvements in pre-weaning mortality. So uh, more pigs survived to weaning, and particularly for low birth weight pigs, and uh, about a 10 percentage point improvement. And also, surprisingly, for the heavy birth weight pigs, we saw a slight improvement in uh, reduction in pre-weaning mortality. So with that, we thought, well, that's really interesting, and it supports uh, some of the research that was in the literature uh, published by Jeff Vallee and his group at Clay Center. And so the problem was feeding um, high zinc and just a top dress from day 80 of gestation on is kind of a non-starter in a commercial setting. People aren't going to go along in top dress feed boxes and that. So we followed up with a second study, and when our first results came out, a lot of farmers and that said, well, can I just feed high zinc the whole way through gestation? So, well, we don't know. We haven't studied the whole period. Um, so we designed a second study that, that we uh, conducted. And in that study, we had a normal corn soy control, 125 parts per million of zinc. Then uh, the second treatment was beginning at five days after breeding through farrowing. Sows received 266 ppm of zinc from zinc sulfate. So putting it in the diet the whole way through gestation. The third treatment was a really high dose of zinc, 2,800 ppm of zinc, 
from day 109 until farrowing. So that period after they get moved in the farrowing barn. And the rationale was that the two zinc high zinc treatments across all of gestation would supply the same amount of zinc to the sows. So we're not confounding timing with total dose. Um, the day five to farrowing treatment was, that's what's practically doable on a commercial farm. And the day 109 to farrowing, that was our collaborator, Mark Schwartz, said, you know, I could get people to top dress for a few days in the farrowing barn if that would work and we'd get improved performance. So that's the rationale for the three treatments. And uh, Kelsey Hammers is a PhD student that's working on that project, and she actually was on your podcast as well and reported some of the performance data from that. Um, Cliff's Notes version is that we did not see any benefit in pre-wean mortality with the zinc treatments, but we did see a higher percentage of pigs born live from the uh, sows that were fed zinc from day five through farrowing. So suggest to us that maybe that pig's a little bit more robust uh, through the farrowing process. So a lot of the questions around this zinc work was, well, if you're seeing this response, why is it working? What's the mechanism? And one thing we thought about was maybe we've improved the zinc status of these pigs at, at birth, and somehow that was beneficial. We also had questions about, well, if you feed really high levels of zinc, does that impact iron and copper in uh, trace mineral antagonism? And so we needed to understand that as well. So Kelsey, in her study, bled sows before we started the, uh, the treatment diets, and sows were sampled again um, a couple days before expected farrowing date. Um, we, we took serum samples from piglets within a day of age. Uh, we took milk. We took colostrum. Um, we also had uh, liver samples from pigs that died and a few controls that we euthanized. Looking at zinc, iron, and copper concentrations of all those fluids and tissues, uh, we also took uh, tails at processing and analyzed the tails and say, well, maybe that could be a biomarker for zinc status. Um, long story short, and when I say we took those samples, we as a euphemism, it was Kelsey and the grad students. I helped a little bit, but... Um, and long story short is that um, the high zinc fed to the sow during gestation did not affect zinc levels or iron and copper levels to speak of in any of those tissues, anything that we measured. So it suggests that there's not an antagonism there that we were, we were concerned about. Um, interestingly, though, if we looked at low birth weight pigs compared with average birth weight pigs, irrespective of the dietary treatments that their dams were exposed to, we did see differences in, in zinc status, or zinc status probably is the right term, but in terms of zinc concentrations in some tissues. And basically, um, in the tails and liver, of low birth weight pigs had higher iron concentrations and a tendency for higher copper, zinc was not different. And so that kind of makes you puzzle a little bit. It says, why, why would that be happening? Uh, if we also looked at the pigs that died naturally versus those that were euthanized, so presumably healthy pigs that were gonna survive, 
uh, there was a difference in liver iron concentrations there as well, and the, and the liver iron was higher. So the speculation was those low birth weight pigs, were they sequestering iron in their liver to try to avoid iron available to pathogens? Or Basically, at this point, we're reporting what we've seen, and I hope for um, some divine enlightenment to tell us how, how that happened and why it happened. Um, so we think we've kind of put to rest this concern about the antagonism between zinc and the other trace minerals. Um, incidentally, it's also supported um, the, the lack of effect of dam zinc level, uh, feeding level, on progeny serum levels and blood levels of the sow. Uh, some work in Michigan State years ago, uh, my mentor, Elwin Miller and, and Gretchen Hill, um, fed up to 5,000 parts per million zinc, and they didn't see differences till they got to 5,000 ppm. But at 500, there weren't differences. So um, seems consistent. We also think that this response to zinc is probably real. Um, at first, we had... Julia's study and then Kelsey's study. I said, well, okay, we have a couple studies. But um, at the Midwest Animal Science meetings in Madison this past March, um, two other groups reported some work and um, showed very similar responses in that high zinc, either throughout gestation or even beginning on day 109 of gestation through weaning, improved performance of those piglets and a variety of different traits. Pre-weaning mortality is, is improved, uh, growth rate maybe is improved. So in the hands of other groups, it seems like high zinc is having some benefit. So now we've got to try to figure out what the mechanism is and when is the ideal timing. Of course, feeding high zinc raises some concerns from an environmental standpoint. We hear quite a bit. Um, criticism of, of our work saying, well, why are, you, why are you bothering with this high zinc? Because Europe has put a cap on zinc and it's probably going to come here and they didn't do it willy-nilly. They had some reasons. And, and we, we acknowledge that. And right now, Kelsey is working through some mass balance calculations and some LCA um, calculations to try to quantify, okay, yeah, there might be more zinc being excreted, but you also, on the other end, get more product, and maybe that's a benefit to mitigate some of those zinc risks in the environment. So um, the jury's still out on that. Um, so we're thinking that if we can focus in on the timing of when that zinc can be fed, that that might help uh, mitigate some of the environmental concerns. So it's not zinc the whole way through, but maybe in strategic times, and that's what Kelsey's study was designed to do, is to look at overall gestation versus one concentrated period. We need to delve into that a little further and look at some other, other timing. And possibly we could feed very high zinc in one period of gestation and fairly low zinc in other periods. And if the advent of precision feeding and some of those kinds of things, that's probably more realistic and doable commercially. Um, these days than it was even 10 years ago. So um, we're excited about the work. Uh, to me, it's just 
just amazing to think about what happens in utero and how that can set the stage for lifetime performance of that pig to slaughter or even, you know, to their time in the, uh, the breeding herd. So, um, and when you think about from the day that that, uh, that egg gets fertilized to the day that that pig is harvested at market weight, about 40% of that time period is spent in the uterus. So it seemed like we probably should pay pretty close attention to what's happening there and um, try to set the stage for good performance postnatally. Yeah, I think you and uh, all other researchers are <laughs> looking for. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Novus International Inc., a leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Healthy animals, healthy food, healthy world. Alltech, providing you proven specialty ingredients to maximize pig health, sustainability, and profitability. A leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. Novus's products and services look at the whole animal, focusing on productivity and well-being in order to feed the world affordable and wholesome food. For more information, visit Novus's website at www.novusint.com. Well, I believe that's all we have time for, so I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all this work with us. Thank you. Yep, and everyone else, thank you for listening to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast. Please visit us at swinenutritionblackbelt.com and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel so you won't miss out on the next episode. See you next week. Hey everyone, we're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. If you have a swine nutrition related research trial and would like to come on the show and share it with us, feel free to email the details about your research to hello at wisenetics.com.